Brian Battle joins us now with Advisory Performance Trust Asset Management. Let's talk about how the markets are doing today, Brian. What's going on today? What's going on these days? How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, John. Yeah, we have kind of a reversal going on in here in the in the market here in the very early part of 2023. You know, year to date, uh, high tech, Nasdaq's up 11 percent, S and P's up six percent, and the Dow's up two percent. But a lot of things have changed in the past week. You know, a, a, two weeks ago, the market was sure the Federal Reserve was going to chicken out. The Federal Reserve sets interest rates. The Federal Reserve is going to chicken out. They've been ri- raising interest rates to fight inflation, and it seemed like, man, the job is about over. And we have new inflation numbers out, and the Federal Reserve Chairman and a bunch of other Federal Reserve Board governors have said, hold on a second, rates are going to be higher, and they're going to be higher for longer. So that's taken some of the air out of the stock market. Certainly the bond market is reacting. Um, rates are higher because we're expecting, the, and the Federal Reserve is telling us, that given the information that they have, it seems like high rates are here to stay for a little bit. Because of the inflation, you say? Exactly. The Federal Reserve has been empowered by Congress to do two things. One, try and maintain full employment, which they have. The unemployment rate's like 3.5% here in the U.S. And their other job is to have a stable value of the currency or tame inflation. They're aiming at a 2% inflation rate. Right now it's 5 So by their own structure, by their own edict from Congress, they have to keep raising rates or hold them here until inflation goes down. And that, that message was repeated by Jerome Powell, who's the Federal Reserve chairman, and a bunch of other Fed governors. So they, they mean it. They're, when they say that out loud and they communicate it in public from a, a couple of different governors, they're telling us what they're going to do. Well, is it possible that while there is a lag time for bad things to happen, like leases come due and get reset, et cetera, et cetera, is there maybe a lag time for good things to happen? That is, okay, we're at five, but we'll get to two. Relax. You can, you can back off those interest rates. Yes. So you said something very pressing there, John, is that there is a lag in monetary policy. So if you raise rates today, it takes a while for that to, to echo through the economy. You know, two years, a year and a half ago, and mortgage rates were 3%. Now they're closer to 6 And But they didn't go from 3 to 6 overnight. They went to 3, 4, and a half, 5, 6. So when mortgage rates are at 6, people, like, put the brakes on or think about it. Maybe my, I can't afford that mortgage payment. So there is a ripple and there is a lag. So the Federal Reserve said they're going to be patient, but what they try to really communicate is, hey, we're not cutting rates this year. And so the bond market has done something really curious uh, and something that we haven't seen over four decades uh, to this magnitude is that when you lend somebody money, which is what the bond market is, usually if you lend somebody money for a longer period of time, you get paid a higher rate than if you lend them for a short period of time. John, I'll lend you money overnight. I'm going to charge you a way different rate if I lend it to you for 10 years. Right now, short-term rates are way higher than long-term rates. It's called a yield curve inversion. And usually what that predicts is a recession. So the bond market believes it. The bond market says rates are going to, you know, the economy is going to slow down and inflation is going to go away. But we haven't seen it yet. So that's kind of where we're all waiting for is, hey, how long is this going to take? And the stock market is saying this is getting to be a risky point here. We're going to take some of our gains off the table. And that's what we were seeing the sell off this weekend in the broad indices. Well, let's pause for a second, Brian. I saw a headline this week that said, that a bull market is coming. I wonder when and where you see that or if you yeah. even agree. We're talking about the markets and how well they are doing and not doing. Actually, we've been talking about interest rates and maybe a recession with Brian Battle, advisor, Performance Trust Asset Management. PerformanceTrust.com is his website. By the way, recession, yes, and maybe not a bad one, Brian. Is that where you're landing on that right now? Yeah, it's really hard to predict, John, because what's happened the past 10 years is we've, we've had an era of really low interest rates for a decade. 
the Federal Reserve has had its thumb on the scale. They've kept rates really, really low. And we're exiting that era now. So weird things are happening. On top of which, we had, oh, a pandemic in 2020 and 2021 where Congress printed trillions of dollars, sent it in the economy for, for right reason. You know, the, the world was closed. And so as we those effects unwind, again, as we said earlier, there's a lag, is the economy is acting in weird ways. You know, we have a really, really low unemployment rate. Uh, inflation is kind of high. The Federal Reserve is responding to that. And the stock market's rallying because they're like, hey, a recession's coming. Therefore, it means interest rates are going down. So it's a really hard time to make predictions. It'd be a very, very difficult time to be a trader. And I'd, I'd caution everyone just to be an investor and look look through all the noise because the economic statistics for the next couple of years are going to be noise because of all the weird stuff that happened in 20 and 21 on the global and uh, domestic level. We wouldn't be where we are right now without the pandemic, right? This is this is all a function of the pandemic and everything that happened. Supply chains, infusion of cash into the economy. This is all a pandemic inspired thing, right? It is, and which makes it particularly troublesome because we've never done this before. The world has right. never turned the economy off before. A modern, unbelievably supply chain linked international global economy was turned off. So it's easy to turn it off. Turning it back on, as we said earlier, takes a little bit of a lag. There's millions of relationships that have to be reestablished, you know. So um, it's a it's a very complex. I think of a thousand variables all working together. It takes a while to come back from that. So the economy and the markets are going to respond in in unpredictable ways. And I say it's impossible for us not to have a rally or the economy comes around back. We just don't know because there's no precedent for this. The depression's not a precedent for this. The 2008-9-10, the great financial crisis, is not a precedent for this. This is a totally different set of facts. So let me read you from CNBC today. Many Wall Street strategists have been skeptical of the rally to start 2023. We had a good January, but some technical yeah. indicators suggest it might have been it might have a serious staying power. Despite what might seem a logical expectation of lower prices, the market action has been quite impressive to the upside, says Frank Getz, technical analyst at Wellington Shields. Getz pointed out that the majority of uh, New York Stock Exchange stocks are trading above their 200-day moving average. The 12-month highs are lapping new 12-month new lows, um, etc., uh, he's not the first one to suggest this, but more people have been uh, bearish. Where are you on the markets, say, for the remainder of the year? Um, I, I, I don't know, it, and neither does anyone else. Because <laughs> we're, we're, as we just described, there's so many crazy things that are happening. We could, and Getz is right, we could have a, a rally in the stock market because investors might say, it's so weird, the next six months are going to be weird, 12 months from now, everything's going to be back to normal, and the economy is going to be back on its feet. So you can look through and look past, if you have a different time horizon, that all this, 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 these odd and peculiar things are happening, and say, I believe in the U.S. economy, I'm going to be long stocks, because I know the supply chain will get fixed eventually, and we, the U.S. economy will succeed. That's a completely valid uh, position to take. You know, it's torturing people right now, where I-bonds and T-bills, where they've been watching their portfolios go down, their retirement savings go down, and they could get 4% here or there. And yeah. yet maybe the markets will improve to the upside by more than they're getting now with that money. So a lot of people have their finger on the trigger wondering what to do. 
Yeah, well, the good news is you're getting paid to wait these days. So short-term interest rates were zero for just about 10 years. Remember, checking account, your savings account. Short-term rates are in, in the t- t- threes, fours. Three is fours, you know, short-term interest rates. So you can earn interest on your cash, which you couldn't in the past. But um, it is a, it, in cash. You're also taking a risk that you might be missing the stock market rally too. So it's a, it's it's difficult. And for it, I don't want to diminish that feeling. Everybody has that feeling. Professional investors, I can get you ten people that could tell you there's a massive recession coming because nobody knows. It's a it's a time that's filled with a lot of uncertainty because the facts are different than they have maybe before. I'm, I'm giving you an obtuse answer, John, because there's not a very, very clear answer of how this is going to go. So be an investor, have a long-term view, and don't be over-concentrated in your bets. you got to make sure you're diversified. That's the thing I'd say mostly is it's been painful because stocks have sold off all your fixed, or I'm sorry, stocks have sold off, you know, they've diminished in price, and your bonds have sold off together at the same time. That's unusual. Uh, because they rallied together for for 10 years. So it it is a painful period, but it's a painful period for people at home and professional investors. This isn't just one class. And not to belabor the obvious here, but if you're getting 3% on your money, you're still upside down with inflation, right? If if inflate so inflation is not one thing. So let's be clear about that too. What is inflation? Inflation is a measure of a basket of goods, right? And so there's you can have it two kinds of inflation. You could have inflation in the stuff that you need, like eggs and milk and butter, and simultaneously you can have deflation in the stuff that you want, like a McMansion, a luxury car, and an expensive piece of jewelry. So. And we, we try to apply one number to a complicated thing, but it seems that consumer staples, the stuff that you have to have to live, the inflation rate might be closer to 5% or shelter for sure. But if that goes away after a year, that 3% investment is going to look great if the inflation rate diminishes after one year. It's, it's, people, a, it's, a, it's a hard question. Are people spending money generally still, though? Yeah, the consumer consumer consumption is holding in there. What's troubling, and so I'm using an asterisk, what's troubling is consumer debt is increasing. So credit card debt is going up. Now, that's a measurement of people pay cash for everything in 2021 because everybody had a bunch of cash laying around. Yeah. But credit card debt usage is going up, so the total level of consumer debt is going up. The rate of increase is really high, but the total level is starting to come up. It's something that uh, economists and market watchers are watching, or which is a, a signal, are people getting stretched? Are they using the credit card at the grocery store because they don't have cash? Don't know yet. Too soon to tell. Uh, the Fed has two charges, you reminded us, but at least they're holding their end of the bargain on one, and that is employment, right? Correct. Absolutely right. Un- unemployment is low. Now, the White House took a victory lap last week that, the we- that there were 500,000 jobs created. That's a little bit of a misnomer. There was a seasonal. There's there, So it's a data series. The, bla- labor, the Department of bla- pardon me, the Bureau of Labor Statistics compiles the unemployment numbers. And once in a while, they'll change the numbers for seasonal variations or, hey, they have better data, so they'll go back and change some numbers. So a lot of that increase for January was data data corrections. So you could say the number's more accurate, but it's not like we magically created a half a million jobs in January. January tends to be a down year for jobs because all those people that get hired for the holidays tend to get laid off in January seasonal workers. So again, one data point doesn't tell the whole story, but the U.S. economy feels at a full employment level because there's, you just walk down the street, there's a lot of uh, you know, uh, help wanted signs. Uh, yeah. virtually and in person. So the economy feels healthy, 
Um, so it's good news for, for, for the labor pool. We're talking to Brian Battle, an advisor at Performance Trust Asset Management. PerformanceTrust.com is the website. I'm looking at my producer, Pete. I've got time for another question, right? Or do I need to take a break? we got to take a break. We'll finish this conversation another day, Brian. It's always nice to talk to you. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me. Lots of holidays, it seems like, are coming up, right? you got Valentine's Day and uh, the Super Bowl Sunday and uh, all that that entails. And it's an opportunity to think about some of the gadgets we use around them. Carl Prouty is the technologist at Apt Electronics in Glenview. The website there, of course, is abt.com. So it's TVs, it's air fryers, it's, uh, it's what, Carl? Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing great, John. Thanks. How are you? Start, good. So let's start with TVs. What's the latest in TV technology? So, well, the biggest thing right now is OLED TVs, and Sony has an excellent one that's on sale for $600 off right now, and it's a 65-inch model. It's just got an incredible picture, and they're, they're super thin. The technology's gotten a lot brighter. They handle motion really well. So any, any kind of sports that you're watching on there are going to look fantastic. So the Super Bowl in particular is just it's going to look incredible on this thing. What kind of technology did you describe that as? So that's called OLED. And it's been around for a little while, but the manufacturers, Sony, Samsung, LG, they're all really kind of perfecting it now. So it's, it's just it's getting brighter. It's getting more colorful. It's just... It, it's, a, it's a really incredible TV. You have to see it in person to really to capture how great the picture actually is. I guess so. I mean, I, I believe you. I, I, <laughs> I know that sometimes, well, but put it this way, side by side at the store, sometimes you do see a difference one TV to another. Um, and I've always thought that was a matter of preference. But this one would be far and away more liquid, more bright, uh, brighter, more it'd be superior, huh? It, it's a notably, yeah, notably better picture. And then you have you have other TVs that are that are LED TVs. Like Samsung has one, for example. That's it's a 65 inch TV. It's only it's 498 dollars. So you can get a still a, a big screen for a really inexpensive price. So if your if your goal is to watch the the game on a big TV, you can do that, and you don't have to spend a whole lot of money. You're still getting a great quality picture on that one. What did you say the starting price was, though, on the OLED, the one that you said was superior? So the OLED, there, it's a, there's a Sony. It's a 65-inch. It's called the A80K series. That one's on sale for 1698 right now, down from $2,300. So it's on sale for a great price. It's a little more expensive, but you get what you pay for. What are people buying these days? Are they buying big TVs, like 72 or 65? I don't know what the numbers are, but do people favor <laughs> the really big ones? They, they do because they've become so much more affordable, where, where a 65-inch, uh, where one of the best 65-inch TVs now is $1,700. Two years ago, that's a, it's a $3,000 TV. So as the technology improves and, and there's more competitors in the game, the pricing is coming down. So 65 is a pretty average-sized TV now. We're seeing a lot of people buy 75-inch TVs, buy 86-inch TVs. So there's a ton available. LG has one that's 97 inches. So you can get a really large screen and, uh, and not have to pay nearly as much as you had to in the past. 
My condo is 97 inches. These <laughs> Would you say this is helping your business and those manufacturers, the fact that there's all these great streaming services with great products and people don't want to go to the theaters as much, so they really are making the theater experience at home, or at least approximating it, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it, over the past few years, uh, the, the opportunity to go out has been a little limited, so people really are taking advantage of having something in their home that gives you that movie theater experience because it's it's just it's it's safer it's you know you, you can make your own food there you can make your own drinks so it's just a it, it provides a, a good experience for people are sound bars necessary do they really enhance the experience they do a ton um, TVs because they're so thin the the speakers tend to be smaller and there are a few models that that have decent sound systems in them, but you're always going to benefit from adding a sound bar. And you have options there, too, that that aren't going to set you back a ton, but it's going to improve the experience exponentially. Ballpark me. What am I looking at on those? So Yamaha has one that's $199. It's just a nice basic sound bar that's, that's going to enhance your sound. You're going to... You're going to feel the impact like when, when there's a big tackle during the game. You're going to be able to feel that through those speakers. Um, so they have an option that's inexpensive that's still going to get you a, a, a good experience. Then Sonos, which is another brand, they make kind of a wireless speaker system for your home. They have an option that's on sale. It's normally $8.99. It's on sale for $7.99, and they don't go on sale a lot, so it's a great one to take advantage of. That one is much bigger but far more impactful. So it's, it's just it, you feel like you're at the game when you're listening to it through something like that. This is an investment for families, though, if you get the good TV and maybe the sound bar. Um, are folks doing that? Is there a, a, a thriving market for that expense and that kind of technology? There is, yeah, absolutely. Just because people are spending a little more time at home, uh, they're, instead of spending the money and, and going out and doing things, they're, they're sort of reinvesting it yeah. into their own home. And it's, it's a great investment because now you're going to have something that's, that's going to last you the next 10 years. So you, it, good sound is good sound. So as, if it sounds good now, it's going to sound good 5, 10 years from now, too. Carl Prouty's on the line, the technologist at Apt Electronics in Glenview. You guys have great kitchen areas as well. Um, do you have stuff there that relates to the Super Bowl? We do, yeah. We have a great kitchen area. If you've never been in the store, highly recommend checking it out. Um, our gourmet shop is kind of the focus of Super Bowl because that's that's where that's kind of how you're prepping all your meals. So Breville makes a couple products. They make an air fryer, which which I personally own and I I use it every day. And if you're looking to kind of make your food fast and get that that crisp of a deep fryer without all the extra oil. It's a great product to use. We do. We I make pizza in it all the time. Mozzarella sticks. Uh, I have two small children at home, so lots of uh, chicken nuggets, and uh, they come out. They come out great. It's and it's three forty nine. So it's not. It's not the cheapest accessory, but I don't hardly use my my big oven anymore. So it's still probably saving me a little bit in the long run because it takes less uh, energy to heat it up. What does that normally go for? So that one normally the retail price on that is around six hundred dollars. So it's we, we have it for a great a great deal, and then they also make a yeah. mm-hmm, and they also make a pressure cooker. So and this it's a multi-purpose one. So you can pressure cook in it, which means you're going to be able to cook your food faster. 
but it's also a slow cooker. So you can cook your food slower and get that kind of really, you know, you put the, the, the pork shoulder in there and you can make really good pulled pork sandwiches. Uh, you can make great, like, you can make chili in there. You can make dips, all sorts of different things. It's just a really versatile product to have in your kitchen. Uh, two other things. Producer Pete says you've got frozen beer mugs. Uh, what it, mm-hmm. I, I know what a beer mug is. You put it in the freezer, and now you've got a frozen one. How is yours different? So these are they're made by Rabbit, and they have a, kind of a silicone surrounding on them. So when you're holding them, your hand's not getting cold, but the beer or the drink that you have in there is staying really cold. So it just, I, you know, if, if you take your time drinking, it's definitely something you appreciate. If you're, you know, if you're kind of drinking the beers a little bit faster, if maybe you're, you're enjoying the Super Bowl game a little bit, um, <laughs> probably not quite as useful, but those who uh, enjoy kind of sipping on their drink, it's an awesome product to have. Is that a koozie then, or is that an actual mug itself? It's an actual mug. So you have, it's the, it's, it's, the glass mug, and then it has just the silicone surrounding at the bottom. So you pour your beer into that, and that's going to keep it cold. One more thing. (laughs) This is funny. If after all of that, you need to vacuum your place, (laughs) um, (laughs) you've got the iRobot vacuum, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they have, uh, there's a really good deal right now. This It's normally $549. This one's on sale for $499 right now, but it's called the i3 Plus. And what kind of separates this from a lot of others is that not only will it, it, it sits on a dock and charges, and then it goes out and cleans your floors, but then it, when it comes back to the dock, the dock has an emptying mechanism in it. So you don't even need to do anything. You, you just let this thing run. It picks up the dirt from the floor. It knows when it's full, and it's going to go back to the dock and empty itself. So it's just, it's just a completely hands-free way of getting a little help cleaning up after your party. I suppose you know this. Uh, we were talking about it earlier, and we were talking about good and bad Valentine's gifts, and we were laughing about giving a vacuum as a gift. But I said the tide has changed on that. People love their Dysons or iRobots, their whatever those mechanical things are these days that pick up the stuff off the floor. That is actually mm-hmm. a very popular category, isn't it? It definitely is, and I think it's because it's it's it. It's making things a lot easier where, you know, before you give a vacuum, it's a heavy thing. You've got to empty bags and there's just there's more to it than just cleaning, where if you give a, a robotic vacuum as a gift, now you're, you're kind of taking a chore away from somebody. So it's you, the product is doing the work for you, which is which is fantastic. If my wife is listening, I wouldn't mind one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, listen, stranger things have happened. Um, Just one last quick thing. Uh, Is there any market for, like, the old-fashioned, by that I mean 15 years ago, 10 years ago, five CD changers with wires plugged into a tuner and an amp with wires that go to speakers? We used to have that set up, and I liked that too. And I've still got a lot of CDs. Is anybody selling or or te- trending towards that sort of technology? There's there's still a market out there for it. It's still that's good quality music when you're listening to a CD or a super audio CD. So there's definitely a market for it. It's not quite as big as it once was, just because of because of how how well manufacturers are producing sound bars now. So instead of having to run speaker wire everywhere in your home. You have a sound bar that just connects directly to your TV and you get that great sound. But 
That being said, we have, if you are an audiophile and you like that, having those, those particular speakers that you listen to all your music on, we have really great stuff here. We've got high-end receivers, and we've got introdu- introductory-level receivers, too. So if somebody likes kind of that more tactile sort of setup, yeah. we have stuff here that they can use, and, and they sound incredible. Carl Prouty is the technologist at Apt Electronics in Glenview. It's really fun, Carl. Thanks for your time today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This is the Wintrust Business Lunch on WGN. We've got more business news. We've got Steve Grzanich. Start your timer. It's time for the Wintrust Business Minute, sharing Chicago's business news of the day. Office occupancy in Chicago and other major U.S. cities has climbed above 50% for the first time since March of 2020. That's according to Castle Systems, the security company that monitors worker swipes on building security systems. Chicago joins 10 other cities in hitting the milestone. The return to work isn't consistent, though, across all workdays. The data shows Friday is the lowest day of occupancy and Tuesday is the highest. Chicago-based GE Healthcare is buying artificial intelligence-powered ultrasound company Caption Health. Terms of the deal haven't been disclosed. The California company makes software to help doctors detect signs of disease during ultrasound scans. GE Healthcare makes hospital equipment, and this purchase will enhance the technology area of its portfolio. The Caption Health software helps identify disease earlier, thus preventing hospitalizations and providing better patient outcomes. The company's working on other similar AI technology, so other software is in the pipeline. I'm Steve Grzanich, and that's your Wintrust Business Minute. Business of food time. Here's Steve Alexander. Thank you. Here we go. Sponsored by the Chevy Silverado HD. Experience your life in HD. Visit ChevyDriveChicago.com. Let's talk about fake meat. It sure is having a hard time catching on. Billions of dollars have been spent trying to get people to buy imitation burgers and sausage, chicken, etc. But sales are barely moving the needle. McDonald's tried the McPlant. Didn't work. Others have tried and struggled. But here comes Chick-fil-A with a slightly different effort. It announced yesterday it's going to begin testing what it calls its first plant-forward sandwich, a cauliflower sandwich, which will be like its chicken sandwiches, except instead of chicken, there will be a fried filet of cauliflower. You can see a picture on our website. It's being tested Monday in three markets, Denver and two in the Carolinas. And good luck to them. But what is it about the other fake meat efforts that aren't working? There is an industry magazine called Alt Meat, and Melissa Sorrells is the managing editor. I would say the biggest thing is the taste. These products just don't taste as good as traditional meat products yet. Do you think they ever will? I feel like even just in the past couple of years, things have come along so much. There are a lot of new companies coming out with new formulations all the time. I do think it'll get there eventually. But it isn't just taste and appearance. You know, side by side, the fake meat items are often sickly looking cost remains a barrier. That's a huge one, especially right now with the economy the way it is. And then there's the whole thing about whether plant-based is actually healthier. When alt meats first came out, they kind of had this health halo around them. People assumed that they were automatically healthier for you, which is not the case necessarily. People are looking at the ingredients label and they're like, hey, this is a science experiment. And about those claims from Beyond Meat and Impossible and others that their products are better for the environment? There's been a lot of pushback lately about how these products actually aren't better for the environment. They aren't more sustainable. And all the marketing BS aside, maybe the industry just needs more time. More time to mature.
chore. Melissa Sarles of Altmeat, the website and magazine tracking that industry. From the real farm to your belly, today is National Cream Cheese Brownie Day. That's the business of food on 720 WGN. Time Out magazine described Avondale as one, or did they say it was actually the coolest? Mark Thomas joins us now, the owner of The Alley, about something fun they're doing. Hey, Mark, how are you? You're on the air. I'm great, John. Thanks. Uh, yeah, it's um, Avondale was named. Uh, actually, it was uh, Andersonville last year was like number two. We are the number 16 kind of hippest odd neighborhood in the world this year. Um, and what's happened is it's kind of like Lakeview was 30 years ago. We have all these kind of weird, strange, cool, hip businesses that have opened up. And, um, you know, the old model was a chamber of commerce. We're doing a collaboration where everybody just works together. So we're calling ourselves Odd in Avondale. And, in fact, about 10 minutes ago, we just launched our oddinavondale.com website. So you can go there and click and find out all about all our members. So instead of doing typical Valentine's Day stuff, we're doing Halloween. Uh, we found out that hashtag Halloween had 140,000 posts. So that's kind of what we all live and die with. So we have nine members, and um, you know it is you know the alley, Avondale Bowl, the Horror House, uh, the Insect Asylum, which is a nonprofit. It's like a museum for insects, and they teach you how to make jewelry out of insects. Uh, Livewire, Reed's Local, Sleep Village, and The Brew, which also has a store called Brick-a-Brack that suffered a horrible, de- devastating uh, pipe break during the cold spell at Christmas, and they need, uh, they need everybody to be good friends to them. So we're all doing uh, events on Halloween in our store. And uh, I, I can tell you about the events, or where would you like me to go? <laughs> we'll go quickly here, but um, so it's okay. events, it's it's special deals, it's uh, beverages, all of that, right? It's everything. I mean, Kuma's is actually acting, you know, like really silly. Like if you bring in a photo of your ex, they'll tear it up and destroy it and pour you a shot of Malort for the pain. <laughs> uh, but that's, you know, so that, and that's, you know, that's the kind of stuff everybody's doing, you know, Avondale Bulls kind of doing, you know, half off on shoes, you know, Livewire's doing three bucks, you call it shots. Uh, the horror house is playing all kinds of horror films. And so, you know, everybody's doing deals um, and you can see it all on our social media. And then this is the beginning of a movement. So you will be able to go into each place and get, um, you know, whatever you're getting from them. And then you'll be able to get a map so you can move around Avondale and see all these cool places. And you're doing it on Valentine's Day. This is a day. This is is our first group uh, event, but we will now be working together with each other. So, for instance... Bucket of Blood, House of Horrors, and Kumas are all, like, within three or four blocks. So we're all sending each other back-and-forth customers. And so this is, you know, you know, and I always tell people you got to eat, shop, and drink local. And, and that's what we're trying to do. We want to keep Avondale odd, and we want to keep it affordable, and we want to keep it fun. To find out more, just go to thealleychicago.com. Will that work for me, Mark? Okay. Actually, go to oddinavondale.com. <laughs> Odd and I have one more thing Avondale. to say. 
Yeah. I have a five-unit CD player at home along with my high-end streaming, and I listen to CDs all the time. And I'm excited to be here because Wintrust is my bank. They're a great bank. Believe it or not, Jack, Jack Baker, my banker, came to my house last night in the middle of a personal family event to sign papers. Great bank. Great people. Love them. <laughs> Uh, I, I was unaware of that. I'm glad to hear it. They're obviously the sponsor of the Wintrust Business Lunch. And anybody that's got a five-CD changer is a friend of mine, Mark. So thanks for the well, heads up on all that. Yeah, I love it all. Thank you for having us. Mark Thomas, owner of The Alley. Good enough.